Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tenderness see? Who through life has been my guide? Ruth chapter 2. We're going to continue, continue in the book of Ruth. And today the sermon title is The Kindness of the Redeemer. And I think it's just an important message. I, I, all messages are. But today we're going to see some things in, in chapter 2 of Ruth that will set up the rest of the book of Ruth. And I want us to, to really dive deep. But last week we looked at this journey of a family. A family that fleed famine. Say that five times real fast. But they fleed the land... And what did they do? They went to the enemy for their provision. They went to the end of the world for sustenance. They went into the world. Think about that. And things went from bad to worse. And we know there was a famine in the land of Israel. And this man, Elimelech, who uh, he had a wife named Naomi and two sons, Malhan and Kilion. They went into the land of Moab. They left Israel in a time of famine. And it was more than just a physical famine. It was a spiritual famine, and I'll come back to that. But he took his family into Moab. The enemies of Israel, he took his family into Moab. Now, just think about this. Moab, in, in Psalm 108 and also Psalm 60, God calls Moab a name. At first, you don't recognize what it means, but he calls, it says, Moab is my wash pot. <laughs> That's what God called Moab. Moab, that wash pot, that reference can be translated as trash heap or sewer. So I just want you to understand what God feels about Moab and the land of Moab. And think about Elimelech. He takes his family. It's much like the prodigal son from treasure to trash. He went into the world for his sustenance, for his provision. And we know it was during a time in Israel, during the time of Judges, where they had rejected God as their king. It was a 400-year time period of rebellion in Israel. We know it was not healthy. And God brought judgment on Israel for their rebellion, for their worship of pagan gods for worshiping things they ought not worship, pagan deities. And, you know, it's a wake-up call for all of us, because what do we worship? Whatever you spend the most time on, whatever you focus on, that's what you worship, truly. It's just a good warning to remind ourselves. But in the midst of all of it, we saw this family that rebelled even more. They left Bethlehem, which means the house of bread. They left Bethlehem to seek out their bread in the foreign land, in the land of the enemy. And again, it went from bad to worse, and we know it would prove deadly. Because Elimelech, <clears throat> who led his family into Moab, into the land of the enemy, quickly died as he, he, re, he entered the country. And then ten years later, his sons also died. And we looked at that last week. But these sons, before they died, these Jewish men took Moabite wives, which they weren't supposed to do, but they did anyway. And that's what happens when you dive into the land of the enemy, you do things you're not supposed to do. And so last week we saw the mother of these two boys, of these two young men, and the widow of Elimelech, Naomi, we saw her, and we know her name means sweet or pleasant. 
But the thing about it is we read last week that she, she was bitter. She became bitter. She no longer, she returned home to Israel and she no longer wanted to be called Naomi, which means sweet or, bit, or, sweet or pleasant. She wanted to be called Mara, which is bitter. And this is the thing about sin. This is what sin always does. Sin always takes the sweet and makes it bitter. You know, when you look at Scripture, this is such a warning. Sin does this. You know, there's fun in sin for a season, the Scripture says, but then comes sin's reward. Sin's reward is bitterness. It, it just, it never ends well, even if it's fun for a season. Sin's reward is bitterness. And here's the thing about that. In that moment, when we come to the end of ourselves, when we come to that bitter moment, we have a choice to make. We have a choice to make. Last week I talked about this. We can either become bitter or we can become better. But how do we become better? Here's the thing. If you've ever went through a time of of backsliding and sin and gone into the world for your provision, if you've ever done like what was done in this story, you come to that place of bitterness, you have a choice. In that moment, you have a choice. See, here's the thing. No matter how far you run from God, no matter what land of the enemy you run into, no matter how many miles or how many years it is, it's the only one step back to God. Do you understand that? This is the beautiful thing about our Savior. He's always waiting. He's always willing to receive you back. I've talked about the prodigal son before, the parable of the prodigal son. It's a powerful story, but I've told you, my opinion is it shouldn't be called the story of the prodigal son. It should be called the story of the faithful father. Because that's really what happens in that story. That prodigal, what does he do? He takes his inheritance, he goes, and he dives into the sewer. He dives into the trash. And he ends up just that, laying in the mud, serving pigs. And he goes home. But we read in that story, the father was always looking to the horizon. He was looking to the horizon, waiting for his son to come home. He wasn't waiting so he could go and run to his son and beat him over the head with a hammer. (laughs) He wasn't telling him, we know the story. He didn't say, why did you do this? Why did you squander your inheritance? Look at all the things you've done, all the evil you've done, son. He didn't say that. When he saw his son on the horizon, he ran to him. He gave him a robe. He gave him a ring. He threw a feast. He welcomed him home. He was so thankful to have his son home because his son was lost and he was found again. And if if you found yourself wandering into the land of Moab, it's just one step back to your king. To God. He's always looking. He's always willing. He's always wanting and waiting for you to come home. But maybe you're one of those, you're, you're not really backslidden, but you find yourself bitter. And last week I talked about this because life can sometimes hit us pretty hard. We can go through things. Every one of us can go through things that make us bitter if we let them. But here's the thing. Difficult circumstances and tragedy and pain and suffering. Just know God would never, ever leave you or forsake you. And he can do beautiful things with a broken heart. Do you understand that? He can do beautiful things with a broken person. He can take all those pieces and make something beautiful out of it. So remember that. Don't let bitterness take hold. Don't let bitterness take your joy. And we're going to see more of that today. And we're going to see the beginning of the healing process through God's divine providence. We're going to see his healing and his love and his mercy. We're going to see that his grace and his willingness to always redeem is so prevalent in the book of Ruth. It's so powerful that God is showing us something eternally profound in this book if we just have spiritual eyes to see. God is teaching us essentially in the book of Ruth. This is why I love this book. Because what we're seeing in these four chapters is God's heart. 
Do you understand? This is a love story, but it's so much more than that. Ruth is a book of love, of divine providence, of grace, of mercy, and redemption. And it's no coincidence that Ruth is the only book of the Bible named after a descendant of Jesus Christ. Do you understand? It's no coincidence. It's no coincidence that's the only book of the Old Testament named after a Gentile. There is no such thing as coincidence when it comes to God's word. Still, this book, Ruth, is powerful for many reasons, but if nothing else, when you look at this, it points us to our Redeemer, to the cross of Calvary, to the hill of Golgotha, where we were redeemed by the great kinsman Redeemer, Jesus Christ. And so as we study out the book of Ruth, I want us to see three clear layers of understanding as we study this out. Again, some of it's going to take spiritual eyes to see. But here's the thing. There are three layers. First of all, it's a beautiful Old Testament love story. Straightforward. Faith and love and hope and redemption, all those things are powerful in this book. But secondly, it's a powerful prophetic picture of Christ and his bride. Us, church. And even more than that, it's personally applied. It is a profound personal projection of promise. How's that? This is the thing. When you study this book out, you see so much. It's a beautiful love story with many lessons for you and I. It goes beyond that. It's a picture of the church, but it's your story and my story, too. The book of Ruth. It's more than just four chapters of history, four chapters of an ancient love story. It's a picture of God's overwhelming love for all of us and what he did for us, if you have eyes to see. Now, to understand this better, I want to quote Jesus. That's a good one to quote, right? I love the red letters. We know (laughs) it's Jesus. And what did Jesus say about the scripture? What did he say about the scripture? In John 5, 39, he told the religious leaders, he said this, you search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they which testify of me. The whole Bible testifies of Jesus Christ. You can think I'm crazy, but go dive in. Because what else did Jesus say? I love the road to Emmaus. I love that story of those two disciples that are walking with Jesus. And he gives them the Bible study of all Bible studies. Oh, could you imagine Jesus teaching you the entire Bible? But we read this in Luke 24, 25 through 7, or 27 says this. Then he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. The Bible is about our king. The Bible is about our great kinsman redeemer. And we're going to look at that principle of kinsman redeemer today, more so next week. But remember this, the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. And the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. All 66 books of this beautiful and wonderful word of God speaks of our Messiah, our King, our Lord. And so as we study out this book, remember that Naomi is a picture of the Jewish people. Ruth is a picture and a type of the Gentile church. And Boaz is a picture and type of Christ, our great kinsman redeemer. And we'll see many pictures and types in this book. But I want us to be able to see those layers. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. For more information visit our website.
Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, golgothafellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.